1: This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique
0: on the Ride with Reusler.
2: Got him looking. O2.
0: Struck him out. to is left. How about Charlie Morton? Here's the O2. Huntley strikes out.
1: That Jack Buck, he's terrible. Listen to him, how bad he is. That <laughs> bad, that Charlie Buck, that Jack Buck's terrible. Uh, Charlie Morton, who will turn a 34 on November 12th, just a few days from now, uh, when he came to the Houston the Houston Astros decided to give him a two year, $14 million contract. He was basically on the skids. And uh, when they came there, Brent Strom, the pitching coach, said he had a pessimistic streak. Uh, that he expected things to go bad, and uh, and Charlie Morton kind of agreed with it. He says, for some people, it's like you're down in the cul-de-sac with the basketball hoop. You're in the countdown, and you're dreaming of the winning the NBA championship, or you're in the backyard and you pretend you're Ted Williams. I'm sure I did that as a kid. But then reality sets in, and you become a professional in a way you think you start to lose that part of your childhood dreams of being a part of a great moment. Blah blah blah. Well, he was part of a great moment last night. Pitching the uh, last uh, five innings, right? Five, four innings. Last four innings.
3: It was last four innings. Yeah.
1: McCullers goes two and a third. Then Peacock got him to the fifth, right? Yes. Yeah, he got Peacock to the fifth, and then uh, and then Morton pitched the last four innings. I but, thought
0: for sure Verlander was coming in too, but he there he gave no reason to take him out. He was
1: great. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Charlie Morton, uh, a fantastic story, and what a signing by this club that. But here's the deal. Where did the I've seen I saw him pitch for Pittsburgh. A Where'd lot. the fastball come Where from? Where does ninety six or seven come? Because
0: I by? was wondering the same I mean, thing.
1: It, it, with boom, with movement, that little he throws that little reverse cutter oh. that runs in on you. That's good stuff, and uh, it's uh, it is astounding that uh, on December twelfth, the Pirates had traded him to the Phillies in exchange for David Whitehead. In 2016, he suffered a hamstring injury running a first base in game against the Brewers. Spent most of the year on the disabled list with a with a torn hamstring. April 27th, he tore a hamstring and then pitched the rest of the year. <laughs> and uh, Houston took a flyer on him, and uh, boy, did they get paid off. And as we were talking about earlier. He actually pitched really well the whole postseason. The one bad game he had was that Todd Frazier home run, which was one of the biggest embarrassments in baseball history, the fact that it went out. By the way, oh, the Sorry, sorry, sorry Yo, I was
3: just going to say, I don't know, if speaking of Lance McCullers, did you guys see the tweet from Jeff Bassan last night? No. He said, and he was having some fun with yeah. it. He goes, Lance McCullers is the first pitcher since Jack Morris in the 1991 World Series to start a World Series Game 7 and not allow a run. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Bielitsa, smart. So many breakouts defensively. Bielitsa, way out Can't be
1: late. Uh, Manny and I have agreed. We want to see more minutes for Bielitsa. Yeah. Bielitsa, by Free the way. Free belly, is that what you're saying? Free belly. Free belly. Uh, last night he, uh, goes, uh, five, he played 14 minutes last night, went five for six from the field, two out of three on threes, had four rebounds, scored 12 points. Uh, and he uh, certainly is offering more than, uh, Mr. Uh, Boz is offering right now. Uh, but they need, you know, he can shoot the ball, get, yeah. you know, a great big he's guy shooting, that can shoot the ball. He's uh, shooting
3: better. He hasn't. I mean, last year he actually didn't really shoot it that well at all, but he's he's shooting over forty percent from three point range this year so far. So, One I just,
1: of his big problems is he got to stay healthy. Yes, you know he's uh, he has not done that yet. Uh, he was the player of the year in Europe uh, before he came over here, and uh, is a you know he's a, he's twenty nine years old already, and uh, it's time to find out if he can play. But uh, he he stayed and played in Europe. In uh, seven years over there, before he finally came Mm -hmm. over here, he was, uh, and I was telling Manny that uh, how the how the the Timberwolves acquired him, they got him for two guys they never heard of. And they got the rights to him and they they no, they traded Lazar Hayward to uh <laughs> or they or they got Lazar Hayward I think with I think that they
3: got Lazar Hayward. Who yeah. the
1: hell is yeah, Lazarus? Oh, He's a late first round pick. The con made the trade. The we like man. to give the con a hard time. The con made the trade for this guy.
0: Lazar Hayward? I've never yeah. heard of him. Yeah, he was he was a beauty. Ah! Which team is most likely to return to the World Series next year, the Astros oh my god. or the Dodgers. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Um We're asking Mike Colick that question?
3: They're asking Booger McFarlane. That was Booger McFarlane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Inside Baseball. Oh, my God. Well, I thought they'd never get here, but here they are. The 2018 MLB Power Rankings. They have finally (laughs) arrived. ESPN has finally given us the 2018 Power, uh, power rankings. Yes. Number one, the Houston, Houston Astros. Houston Astros. Number two. Cubs. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh. Number three, the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Number four, the Washington Nationals. Number five, the New York Yankees. By the way, I might have the Astros one, but I'd have the Yankees too. If you wanted me you're right now, if you I'm disputing this. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, overrated. Boston Red Sox. I agree. Overrated. I agree. Number yes. seven, Arizona Diamondbacks, overrated. Number eight, Cubs, underrated. Number nine, Cardinals. That's about where they belong. Number ten, Los Angeles Angels. Are you bleeping me? No. Chance. Well, it's it's because they extended Justin Upton. That's, that's right. right. That, that's why the yeah, Angels did gonna... it so
3: fast because they wanted to go up the early power. Ranges. And they're
1: gonna put a motor. In Albert Pujols' legs. Yes. So that it's, you know, <laughs> you put
0: electronics put him in on your, a
1: hoverboard. or petition <laughs> gonna,
0: that he can wear roller skates. They're going to
1: give him a legs hoverboard. like the guy in South Africa so he can run. Yes, you know, the, the blade runner. The murder in murderer. South Africa. Number 11, Tampa it's Bay. Now they're legend getting America. controversial. Number 11, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Ooh. Number 12, the Brewers. Mm. Number 13, Pittsburgh. What? Do you, do you Where's know? our That's guys?
0: That's what I'm getting to. What? Later.
1: Number 14,
0: Oakland. No. Oakland. Come on.
1: Number 15, Colorado. Underrated. Number 16, Toronto. Yeah, that's where they should be. Number 17, the Mets. Depends on the pitchers being healthy. Number 18, Texas. Come on. 19, the Minnesota Twins. The playoff. They had a three 0 lead in a playoff game. In no respect. 19th.
3: Why is Oakland so high? Did they sign another Scott Hatterberg to put at first I don't base know or something? What and they, they think did. it's gonna.
1: Uh, well, the guy Podesta. Yeah, he'll be available. He was in on the Cleveland Browns screw up with the McCarran thing, so he'll be available, <laughs> right? Uh, well, here's what they say about our twins. I think they were a little bit of a fluke. Well, no kidding. You think they were a little bit of a fluke? You got us rated nineteenth. I feel bad saying that. I like the Twins. Love the airport. Still remember Ken Herberg and Kirby. Love the airport. What
0: moron wrote Um, this piece? On my
1: pursue the pennant team. I'll even buy into much of that offensive production the final two months when the Twins led the majors and run scored. Byron Buxton playing center field was as lovely as the sound of a child's laughter. Who is this guy? Uh, still, the rotation the bullpen give me jitters with a strikeout rate that ranked nineteenth in the majors. No respect already. None. When we get to spring training, which is about two weeks from now, there's uh, <laughs> there's, there's that's got to be the theme.
0: Bulletin board material. Nobody yeah. believes in that's that. That's right. No respect. All right. Talking purple right now on The Ride with Roycey. Kevin Seifert from ESPN. Kevin Seifert. Here with Kevin Seifert. We have ESPN's Kevin Seifert. It's ESPN.com's NFL Nation
2: reporter, Kevin Seifert, presented by Mystic Lake.
0: All right, I want to see this
1: in the NFL Nation blog shortly. What's uh, that? Uh, okay, we're 5% decline in ratings, and it's because of the national anthem, or it's because of overexposure. How about the fact that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing? The best quarterback in the history of the game. Andrew Luck, the best 28-year-old quarterback in the game. Now Deshaun Watson, the best 22-year-old quarterback that we've seen in a while. Uh, I mean, I I am not going to, if I'm Joe Blow and don't have a rooting interest, I'm not going to turn on a Packers game to watch Brett Hundley.
4: No, I mean, you'd have to be a hardcore Packers fan to, to do that. You're not going to be drawn in if you're not. Or uh, And who knows if Brett Hundley's on anybody's fantasy team, uh, and that's the other big reason. To, to I think that's definitely part of it. I, I, the whole ratings thing has been funny to watch everybody kind of scramble yes. into their corner and, decide and find the explanation that fits their agenda. I'm sure it is a combination of everything, but what you point out is something almost no one is talking about, and that is the star power, the lack thereof. This year in particular, um, really starting, you know, uh, in the summer, you know, you look at Miami, they lose uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, right. I don't think many Dolphins fans are tuning in to watch Jay Cutler. Who's already, not but,
1: even playing.
4: <laughs> yeah, to watch. Well, I think he's going to be back this week okay. for the past two weeks than Matt Moore. And then, you know, what J.J. Watt, say what you will about him, but an, an international star, you know, probably a top five international star of, of the NFL. and. Um, I think it's five or six teams now who have lost their quarter, starting quarterback for the year. And so it's, it's been an incredible run. The Deshaun Watson thing just... I mean, oh, for, for it to happen on a Thursday practice is just crazy and and just horrendous luck. And apparently, it was non-contact and,
1: and... Teddy like injury. The way I'm not sure if he was backing up into the pocket or what he
4: was doing. Uh, apparently, but it... he was uh, he was it was a pit like a running back a running play where he turns and pitches, and he took a step and Ugh. hopefully it's just the ACL and it's not the everything rest of the stuff that Teddy had, which means that unless there's major complications, he would be ready for the start of next year. But I mean, easily the most interesting and exciting rookie quarterback to come to the league in, in a while, and then he makes it through, what, four starts, five yeah. starts. Hey, Zach
1: Miller, what is he, are we getting any updates? Is he going to save the leg, or what's going on?
4: They, it sounds like they're pretty um, optimistic about it, but there hasn't been a ton of information yes. coming, and he's still in the hospital in New Orleans. Wow. Which, today's Thursday, and that was on Sunday. Um, the latest was that the Saints' tight ends went to go visit him, so... Uh, you know, knowing that this is a, obviously a very personal thing uh, on top of the usual NFL secrecy, uh, just because we haven't heard anything, any bad news coming out of it doesn't necessarily mean that there hasn't been ups and downs. And um, you know, it, from the start, the the talk was always, in the best case scenario, we saved the leg. Uh, it sounds like it, in terms of a career that that's not a not an issue likely, <laughs> no. not a likely scenario there so that's unfortunate uh, i don't know him but by all accounts one of the better guys in that bears locker room um and certainly a uh, a player who was a late bloomer and starting to find his own in terms of, of being a, a receiving receiving tight end and what a horrendous way to to have your career apparently end and in, in a mad dash to save your leg
1: Hey, what is the end game here for Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys and the uh, NFLPA? He is going to serve a six-game suspension. Yeah. Any chance of ever getting it reduced was eliminated by the fact that uh, uh, that they fought it this far. Uh, would you not be better off to finally start serving it? And perha- perhaps if you come back with three games left, uh, that you're still in contention and uh, can make a run. I mean, it, by putting it off, you know, it looks like they're going to get decisions made much faster than they did in the Brady case. And yeah. I mean, what what do you, you know, you you lost. You're not going to win this yeah. thing.
4: So and that event that's eventually where Brady landed. I think he uh, he never you know he went was very careful in his public statements and and even in private to to say that he never ever was acknowledging defeat in terms of admitting doing anything or never saying yes. that he had that any, the, that any of the points of the NFL had made against him were accurate, but ultimately, you know, the law is the law. Um, the process was the process and he was just delaying the inevitable. And maybe uh, Ezekiel Elliott's case is a little bit different, but ultimately he's going to serve six games, whether it's now or later. And so, um, you know, who knows what condition the Cowboys are going to be in uh, at the start of uh, of, or at the end of six six games if he serves it this year and would it behoove them to try to keep pushing it until it maybe serve the first six games of next year when they have a whole off season to sort of prepare for it I don't know but uh, it seems like we're getting whether Ezekiel Elliott gives up or not it seems like he's running out of options and uh, unless something, and there have been some crazy twists and turns, but unless something ex- exceptionally crazy happens, it's going to start this weekend. Well, I
1: suppose what terrifies the Cowboys, and the, the Patriots obviously didn't have this problem with uh, Tom Brady because Giselle was going to make sure he didn't stay get out of line. But uh, you give Ezekiel six weeks away from the team, and God help us all.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, some concern about that. And uh, they, they had... Um, uh, the Cowboys uh, fortunately or unfortunately have a pretty significant infrastructure of support for players, whether it was Des Bryant or anybody else over the years that needs a little bit of extra guidance. Um, you know, I, that, that is definitely something to consider, but it's really been something they've been at work at since, since last summer, really before he played his first regular season game. Cause that's when all these uh, alleged incidents happened was even before the season began. So that process has been ongoing um, since that point. You know, since August of 2016, there really hasn't been anything that I'm aware of that has surfaced of him off the field. But hopefully, uh, for him and and their sake, that uh, that continues that way.
1: Uh Everson Griffin, Defensive Player of the Month. Uh, yeah, this guy is. Uh, wait, we were talking to Gessling on Monday, and uh, they were apparently uh, when they were over in London drinking brown ale or something. They. Uh, they were trying to discuss if, if he can earn a spot among the great pass rushers in Viking defensive line history and pointing out that this has been a, historically, this has been a strong area for the Vikings. There's some tough competition in that group. But, yeah, uh,
4: some Hall of Famers. You
1: know. But but uh, he's, uh, boy, he's uh, having a heck of a year and uh, is really an amazing uh, turnaround from what we thought we were had that first few months with that kid.
4: Yeah, no doubt. He is. he has done that. And when you say, th- when you think about this interesting point you make about the history of the franchise, I mean, I, you know, I immediately think to Chris Dolman, a hall of famer and uh, Jared Allen, who will be a hall of famer and probably, and, and then Carl yeah, Eller. purple, purple people eaters. <laughs> the whole, the whole, I still think it's time someone needs to do that story. And, you know, we always talk about the dolphins, uh, the undefeated dolphins, getting a call uh, anytime somebody goes more than four and oh. somebody needs to call the purple people eaters. And, uh, you know, are you worried about your, uh, your, your legacy as the greatest Vikings defense ever going, uh, you know, being dissipated this year by this group? Because I think they've got it going in a way that, uh, it's historic relative to the franchise, if not yes. the, the entire and, league.
1: And relative to the offensive numbers the league puts up on a daily oh, yeah. on a weekly basis compared to what they
4: uh, yeah, were up back then. These guys have more rules um, uh, yeah. uh, working against them than the guys did in the 70s.
1: Well, yeah, the one nice thing is if you want to rush the passer, you could hit that defensive lineman right in the head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knock him out of the way. Yeah, with a, the
4: head slap. Yeah. yeah,
1: a nice little head slap. That was uh, that was one thing. But uh, it's, it's nice to see that Kid, who's uh, you know, he's a funny guy. I think the funniest thing I've heard is that interview with him about he's over in London, and uh, you know, he got you know one of the most historical cities in the world. And what really impressed him was they had a TV in the room that would go into the wall and out of the wall. Yeah. That was at,
4: at a very, uh, a very locally branded hotel named the Hilton. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I think it was the Hilton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, they it's... get him over there. And one thing about these trips to london is they don't give us any they don't let the football team go to any place and you know it's over there we're just for football so the the fact they're over there everybody sends all these resources the vikings have these teams put together to make sure everything goes smooth and basically what they're doing is protecting their team from london
4: yeah or and really just trying to keep them on their routine yes and the teams that don't do that it's funny because i've for a lot of reasons i've ended up writing a lot about london and in the, the whole franchise thing the past few years the teams that don't go crazy with these you know with this uh, anal amount of uh procedures are the ones like the ravens who went over there hey we'll fly over we'll play it'll be good and get beat 44 to nothing or whatever <laughs> it was and then john harbaugh walks out of their days and says somebody else can do this next time i mean this was ridiculous and so it whether that was why that they lost because he didn't you know they didn't have a good plan for mm. for uh, the time zones and the sleep aids and the you know the, <laughs> the, the sunglasses to wear on the plane or the videos yeah. or whatever it was but yeah he, you know he he was saying that you know this this was a, a surprising was a lot of things that we, that was unusual for a normal game week and we didn't adjust to it well and they didn't just lose they got smoked by was it Jacksonville I think yeah Jacksonville all, killed Jacksonville, them they, yeah. they
1: had about thirty yards I yeah, mean they it was just got was, decent. I mean, and the right. game
4: was terrible and they they i mean they just walked out of their days and so and i think i somebody sent me some stats and you know the, usually you have to give up a home a home game Yes, uh, or one of the teams is giving up a home game obviously that team you know you, the, ends up winning 41% of the time the home per- winning percentage in the NFL is about 57% mm-hmm. in the past 10 years the home teams in London go for, win 41% of the time, so you end up giving yourself a significant competitive disadvantage going over there, or at least giving up one of your home yeah, games, right. and, and know, it impacts the rest of your year. And so, so
1: basically you're giving yourself a, a 20% higher chance of losing a football
4: game. Yeah, the, and, it? It, and then it affects how you play out the rest of the year, too. And so all that goes to say, that as much as I personally laugh at all the things that the Vikings did sending waves and waves of executives over all summer the first time that they went and sending the Bisquick boxes and the hot sauce and all that. and they, they, You almost have to do that. That's like <laughs> you know, measuring the amount of miles and kilometers that it is from the hotel to the practice field and trying to keep it as close as possible. If you don't do all that stuff and just, and just exhaust ev- all the things, you end up being the Ravens or being the Dolphins or one of those teams that doesn't even compete. All right. Kevin, what does you know? The more I think about it, it's, uh, for a while I said, "Yeah,
1: sure, they can put a team in London." Now I, I just really wonder if it makes any sense uh, for the athletes and anything. But what does it do for the NFL? Do they think American football will then make a foothold internationally just because it's London? I mean, the rest of Europe is going to give a damn too. What? I what think does it's it do? As,
4: as a, as a I think just from a business perspective, they look at it as a growth area. You know, that's what all businesses want to do; they want to grow. You know, they whether they have saturated themselves to the point where there's not really going to be a growth in fan interest in the NFL or in the U.S. That you know, you could argue that point, but there's three hundred thirty million people here, and there's another six billion people around the world, and so that's six billion potential new fans that. Not just the NFL, but all sports are looking at, uh, because there's a, some familiarity with American football in London and then throughout different countries in Europe, especially Germany. That's kind of where they've started. But I think it's part; it's sort of they consider it their foothold uh, in terms of trying to grow customers and grow revenues internationally, because that's where the growth uh, area is. And, and the big, the big fish is China, and the NBA is way ahead of them there um yeah in terms of in terms of popularity in terms of players uh people playing the game and all that but that you know probably not just in sports but in a lot of industries china is viewed as a place where you could really make some hay if you can get a foothold there but there's they the london thing is the sort of the first the first stop there the place where the there's the most interest and in familiarity and where you sort of create the paradigm of international expansion and then, and then move on from there. You know,
1: I've talked to Gannon every week and, uh, he's a firm believer and I kind of believe it too, that the cheap SOBs gave up on NFL Europe too early that yeah. it was, well, I mean, it was a good developmental thing. Some yeah. players came over and they need a league like that. It was what, like eight games, right? It wasn't like yeah. There.
4: And it was all like, like, even if it's, if all the league did was, was cr- give you five, uh, starting quarterbacks over the course of sure. five years then it was a success and i want didn't he get play there yeah um, right. he was one you know there's lots you know, lots of you know, whether it's brad johnson or whether it was kurt warner i think if you talk to people who were involved in that there was this there was this two-pronged goal of nfl europe part of it was to try to establish an inter- international presence and promote the game and part of it was to be a developmental league and they didn't really because those things are not necessarily congruent they didn't always um really succeed on either side as much as they wanted. And I think they were losing thirty million dollars a year and Yeah, boy, that's
1: that's a buck and a half for a them. Big
4: yeah. But you know, had but the you know, if they were not going to do that, the big mistake they made was not replacing it with something. There's yes. now nothing to you're now totally beholden uh, on the college game to develop players. And the college guys are, you know, it's not the co- college coach's job to develop NFL players. It's their job to win, and they come up with schemes that they think their guys can play, and it's not at all what the NFL people would want them to do. But that's not their job. You know, they don't have to. Uh, you know, they want to run the spread because that's that's what works in the college game and works for their kids. They don't have to you know, train these guys to block uh, with their hands in the ground or, or block, you know, NFL pro schemes and so that's where the big disconnect has come and that's where the loss of the developmental league has really hurt them.
1: You won't find another NFL discussion in America that solved as many problems as Kevin and I did in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> we killed it man we killed it. <laughs> Thank you we'll talk to you next week yep. sir. Goodbye. Goodbye the great Kevin Seifer. We took care of everything. We took care of everything. You know we what you guys did? You broke ta- her down. We got development taken care of. We got the ratings issue uh, figured out. Uh, Roycey
3: heck- and Seaford for co-NFL commissioners. <laughs> yeah, commissioners Let's do it. right.
1: Next week, more diversity. And we, uh, you know, if you take a cheap shot at a player, we'll fine you 500 bucks. You know, what the hell? <laughs> you know, didn't tell you, don't do it again. Else we'll be very mad at you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Johnny Haidt with a sports update.
2: Thank you, Patrick. This update brought to you by Account Temps. Account Temps isn't just a staffing firm. There are people who believe in finding you the right person to fit your company's needs. Visit Accountemps.com to learn more. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. While they're uh, still at home, I think, what's this game? Four or five of the six-game homestand. The Canadians in town for a game at the It's tough to keep all the center. disappointments separated, John. Oh, that's so <laughs> mean. Um, I once again considered going to a game. How close? Consider, I'm huh? getting Closer than last year. About the same. Okay. About the same. <laughs> Miguel Sano. Which means
1: you thought about it. It's going to happen in you, the next year. You
0: month. got to the mayor's light <laughs> and <laughs>
1: contemplated
0: turning that's left that's instead that's of right.
2: That's right. Left or right. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Sano will have surgery on his injured shin. He missed the last six weeks of, uh, of the season with that injury. He'll have the surgery in New York City on November 13th. And uh, all bets say it should be six to eight weeks to recover, so he should be good. Uh, so they must just training. put a
1: little copper wire in there, basically, huh, to firm that to thing strengthen up. strengthen it, yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. like it. Okay. Uh, the
2: spring training schedule is out. we will play 73 games next year. Twi- That's what I predict. Twins, pitchers, and catchers begin their workouts on Valentine's Day, Wednesday Aww. the 14th. Full squad mm-hmm. workouts begin February 19th. A regular season this year starts March 29th. That's pretty good. Yes, it? it is so. Uh,
3: so, Pat, you're predicting Snow will play 73 so games next year. Yes. So, what will his weight be at at uh, spring training?
1: Uh, it depends on if he has the gastric bypass or not,
2: as part of his <laughs> Which surgery. Which I'm recommending the two for one. The two for one <laughs> surgery and the <laughs> gastric bypass. You can go bypass. on at the
1: same time. One's lower body. One's upper body. You can do that.
2: <laughs> uh, the Twins kick things off in Baltimore this year on March 29th. The home opener April 5th against Seattle. Uh, did you see? Did we already talk about Steve Little being added to Guardy's? Yeah, coaching staff? I'm going to
1: bring that up here on the. But go ahead. Yeah, Steve Little. I think we now know that Steve Little did not retire as they told us he did five years ago. <laughs> that he was fired. Guardy had to fire him and didn't want to. That's... I
0: like that we're getting the band back together in Detroit. Yes, that is fun. Steve... It is
1: great though. You got new ball over here. Yep. Minnesota. Yep. Where they don't the they bring in a pitching coach that the manager never heard of. And then you, over there, you got Guardy. Ah, Guardy, hire anybody you want to. That's You're drinking <laughs> buddies. Yeah. He's got Little
2: as his bench coach, Ricky Anderson as his bullpen coach, and Joe Vabra That's what scares me. Gardy will
1: be back to 290 again, hanging out with those
2: guys.
0: Well, wait a minute. Where's Scotty Alger? I was just going to say, yeah. where's, where's Scotty at? Mm-hmm. Well, don't hold your breath. That could still happen. He's part of the fun bunch. Come on, yeah, get him yeah. over there. Get him a job.
2: The fun bunch.
0: <laughs> that was one of my best questions ever to Terry. I said...
1: What's he? He's been this. He's been this. He's been this, and he's been this. What? What is? What is going on here with Alger at a, at a massive press conference, you yeah. know, or something? He says I think he's a good baseball man. I, well, you must, <laughs> right? <laughs> Finding jobs. He knows, <laughs> knows everything. <laughs> yes.
2: Obviously covers every position. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> All right, John. We'll let you go. Okay. Thanks. You bet. That's
2: it. Really? Yeah, you gotta go. Come on, Kenny. i get back in here and finish. Hey, yo, traffic, oh. Traffic. We're going to traffic <laughs> Time for traffic and weather together on really? the ride with Roycey. Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's sponsored by your locally owned Domino's. Eastbound 494 goes from Mac to Wack in Woodbury at Valley Creek. Rides the brakes past 94 and up to 10th. It's all due to an earlier wreck. Bumping and humping between the downtowns, it'll cost you 25 minutes on the westbound side, the eastbound crowd clinging to a 16-minute push. If he's going to get away with a half-assed report, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> Domino 799 large street topping carryout is every day, so no matter what day it is, it's always a good day for pizza. Yeah, for what else offer. is new? As for this <laughs> offer, availability and charges may apply. That's it. I'm done. See ya. Like, you're
0: really done? Oh, okay.
2: The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file. 69. Offense He's giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits.
1: Paul, oh, uh, this is fairly hysterical. Guardy. Uh, Ron Gartenhier, the new manager of the Detroit Tigers, and uh, we are wondering, perhaps, if the Tigers uh, were going to make a little, you know, when Chris Bosio got the pitching coach job, we thought maybe, well, they were kind of dictating to Gardy. And it's kind of common now for managers not to get to pick their own coaches. Not so in Detroit. I can see why this is a great spot for Gardy, can't you? All right. Yeah. He will have three of his former coaches with him in Detroit. Rick Anderson will be sort of the backup pitching coach as the bullpen coach. I'd heard Andy wasn't sure he wanted to come back, but I guess he did. Uh, Joe Vavra will be the quality control coach, whatever that means. I guess that's what Pickler was with the—because with the Twins had two bench coaches last Every year. Every
3: team in sports has a quality, a quality control, control guy. Coach. Yeah.
1: But here's the best. Steve Little will be back as his bench coach. And Steve Little— <laughs> Retired. Remember when he retired? Oh yeah, that's right, he did he retire. He didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, uh Terry Ryan made him uh made uh, he made Gardy fire him to make room for Molly, right?
0: Uh was yes. Yeah, you're right. That was Molly. Molly. Okay.
1: Of course, there was nothing quite as he who did we take off third? We took Alger off third to put Steve there the oh one God. year, right? Yeah, that was. a. Steve was afraid to guys send home guys on home runs.
0: <laughs> he was going to stop them when they hit home runs.
1: He was. I loved him. He's a great guy. He's a southern boy, as southern as you get. He lives down there in the Fort Myers area, you know. Uh, But you know why Guardy's really impressed with him? and wants him back as his bench coach, he knew how to run an iPad. <laughs> the rest of them didn't. When he started like eight, ten years ago. We- Steve Little was like looking at that iPad, and Guardy thought he was from outer space, you know, so...
0: Uh, there are a couple of members uh, on Gardenhire's staff that were on the team last year. Lloyd, okay. Ma- Lloyd McClendon, McClendon will remain yep. as the hitting coach. Okay. Dave Clark will return as the third base coach. Okay, that's a good thing. We're not going to the... have
1: Steve Little at third. And, that's and, good.
0: And then first base coach will be Ramon Santiago, the former Tigers utility oh, man. Who okay, 10 so we're getting a little
1: diversity there. I think Dave Clark's a brother, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Dave. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we got uh, we got Lloyd, we got Dave, we got Ramon, and uh, and then is that it, And we got an and assistant hitting coach.
0: Assistant hitting coach, Phil Clark. Not sure if he's related. Uh, Never Clark, heard of him. Phil yeah, was a big leaguer, too, I think. Phil Clark. Okay, well, good for Gardie.
1: Uh he, he got to name his coaches, so uh, that's good. But Steve Little is back. Good luck to him, because these you know next couple years are going to be rough. Uh, and they're going to be in Lakeland, and Steve Little... You know, Lakeland are good bass fishing country, and Steve Little is a hell of a fisherman, too. So yep. be able, he'll be able to put the—he's uh, <laughs> probably over there scouting the ponds around Lakeland right now to put the boys on some fish when they get down there in February. So <laughs> Meanwhile, oh, yeah. the uh, twins will arrive in spring training. I thought it was going to start actually earlier this year. Their official workouts for pitchers and catchers will start on February 14th. Uh, They will uh, – the full squad workouts, the 19th. Here's what's really changed about spring training. Three days later, after this full squad workouts, it's almost gotten like hockey. They'll play the Gophers in an exhibition game, and then uh, they will uh, start playing spring training games. And used to be you'd wait two weeks. You'd have a team down there, and you might play – you'd play a game like March 3rd. Uh, They're going to – They're going to play much earlier this year. And uh, they will play 33 games, and I guess that includes the Gophers, so 32 uh, games down there. And I don't think – I think we get another team down there this year. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, we got Port Charlotte, but there's uh, another team down in that area – a little north of Port Charlotte. Who moved? Somebody moved. Uh, Somebody else moved down there. So there's going to be four teams that are uh, pretty close together down there, which is good. Hey, you want to have a good time, go down to spring training. That's great. Uh, The 2014 Sports Illustrated cover predicting the Houston Astros would win the 2017 World Series has become a serious collector's item. Full copies of the magazine, published on June thirtieth, two thousand fourteen, have sold on eBay auctions for as much as one thousand twenty-five dollars wow. each. Mm. Average price at two eighty. The issue not only predicted the Astros would win the title, but that George Springer was on the cover. That's wow, the yeah. great thing about it. Uh, a guy named Ben Reiter, uh, who's a reader, R-E-I-T-E-R, who's been with him since 2004, wrote the piece, and I uh, looked on uh, his uh, Twitter account, and he's taking a few bows, and I don't blame him. Oh, I would, him. too. If I did that, I'd take a few I bows. would take one every day. Hell, I'm trying to take a bow for saying I thought Charlie Martin was pretty good two weeks ago. What <laughs> the hell? He, he's entitled to. Uh, you know, the Boston Red Sox... More than any team are responsible for the analytics, are the way to go, hire guys from Ivy League schools. Sensation that has become baseball. You know, the guys are, you know, you can't get a job with the Twins unless you graduated from a liberal Eastern and guy. And you're under and the age is, of 40. Is very expensive. Right. <laughs> well, that's changed with the Reds. Theo left, went to the Cubs. Dombrowski's running them. And he has now brought in Tony Larusa to join the front what? office. Yes, <laughs> he's brought in Tony to join the front office. Uh, uh, unbelievable! Uh, the uh, Red Sox also named uh, Alex Cora. Also named his uh, staff: Ron Renick, he's a bench coach; Tom Goodwin, first base coach; uh, a bunch of other guys. But who did? The, who just left? Them that was an older guy too. Uh, Carl Willis. No, 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 no. One in the front office, uh, one kind of his right hand man in the front office was uh, another veteran guy, and then Dabrowski uh, uh, bringing in Tony Larusa. That'll do him a lot of good. Uh, Randy Shannon, the uh, new interim coach of the Florida Gators, is going to the guy from Florida, uh, from uh, Notre Dame, Malik Zaire, transferred down there. They weren't playing him. And uh, now he's uh, Randy Shannon's going to give him a shot to uh, start when they play Missouri. That's a good team for Randy Shannon to uh, start his head coaching career at Florida because uh, Missouri stinks. So uh, anyway, the uh, the Florida Jim McElwain, uh, one of the dummies of all time. I talked to my guy <laughs> Tracy Ringlesby, expert on uh, you know Mr. Wyomingian, expert on the uh, uh, Mountain West Conference. They, they all thought this guy was pretty sharp, but he was, a, you know, you can be pretty sharp at Colorado State and be overmatched in Florida.
3: I love how you Don't. called him one of the great dummies of all time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, make up death threats. Yeah. You know, that's not a good way to well, go. Well, you knew as soon that's as they said, well, not, where not are they? Either. You know, first of all, if some of your players got death threats, are you yeah. going to tell people while I, you're recruiting? Right. I just
3: love don't how they, come
1: here and lose. You get death threats.
3: I just love how they fired Will Muschamp because he was crazy, and then yeah. they hired this guy, and he he's like equally is, as crazy. Is Muschamp
1: still at South Carolina? I think he, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
3: replaced Spurrier. Yeah.
1: Well, they made odd hires. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to pay uh, a ton of money. Hell, yeah. if Randy Shannon goes three one and one to get the job, yeah, probably. All right, we'll be back.
0: Now, on The Ride with Royce, let's hear the boys' daily complaints.
1: We got you to go fast. What do you got, Manny?
3: Deshaun Watson's injury. Oh, that's, man. That's, that's mine. It just sucks puke. for
0: the kid. It makes
1: me puke. He's a
3: great kid. He's been playing well, and it just it just sucks.
1: And it sucks for the NFL. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, what a... The feel-good story in Houston lasted about 12 minutes, but uh, yeah. they'll have a million people at the parade tomorrow, and then they'll start worrying about Deshaun Watson. So that's terrible. He if he didn't hear. He uh, injured himself in practice today. Uh, Kevin Seifert just told us that he was basically running a little practice and a little rollout, and the knee gave out. So, yeah. Unbelievable. Knees were not meant for athletic competition.
0: Uh, what do you got, Reavers? My daily complaint is simple. This is the worst day of the year. Oh, baseball! The first day without baseball. Oh God, it's the worst. I hate it. You know, yeah, it's too bad we
1: did, couldn't have had the World Series uh, game six and seven here over we, uh, everybody,
0: weekend. Everybody would
1: have enjoyed themselves last night, wouldn't have they? Oh uh, my Minnesota. God!
0: Yeah, that's uh,
1: well. Uh, I don't really have a daily complaint because I'm getting such a good chuckle out of uh, Gardy bringing back Steve oh, Little. Oh, it <laughs> back great. Gardy bringing back the old gang. It's fantastic. <laughs> the Gardy, probably, they call him up. What do you got, Gardy? Nothing yet. But don't worry, boys. You'll be in good shape. <laughs> Steve Little just. I was hoping when I was reading they hired him that he was going to put Steven Little at third base, but he didn't. Damn, that was fun. Watching <laughs> Let's get Steve. Scotty Olger on you there, know too. What? There's nothing more fun in baseball than a bad third base coach. Oh, it's just can, great. It's, and the Twins had lots of them. Oh, man. Oh. All right, we'll be back. Uh, I'll be back Monday. You guys will try it tomorrow. The football fun fest.
2: This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.